word and the spoken word. God, help us to hear your living word, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The disciples have locked themselves away in fear. Their friend and radical leader was crucified. Public execution was certainly a strategic form of execution, one that made an example of someone. It was seen by all. Jesus was crucified, and the disciples must wonder, are they next? How afraid and careful should they be? Are authorities seeking them out? We don't quite know, but the disciples are indeed afraid. They are hiding together in their time of grief and confusion and concern. Then they hear reports of the resurrection, which is also frightening and confusing. People are not supposed to come back from the dead, and yet that is exactly what has happened. It's exciting, but it's also unmooring. There is much for the disciples to be anxious, fearful, or confused about. The disciples are afraid of what comes next, what will happen to them, and likely afraid as they experience the confusion and unknowing. Then Jesus appears to them in the locked upper room. Again, this is both exciting and frightening, I'm sure. How did Jesus get there? How did he know where to find them? Did Jesus and the disciples have a secret knock that they had agreed on? The disciples have the opportunity to trust and believe through seeing their friend and their teacher after his resurrection. Thomas wasn't there. Was he sheltering in place elsewhere or going to pick up takeout for the disciples? We really don't know, but he missed that moment. And Thomas has the reaction that many of us would have too. Something unbelievable happens and he struggles to believe it. That makes sense. He wants to see Jesus for himself. I empathize with Thomas. I think in a way John wants us to connect with Thomas because we have much more in common with him than we do with the other disciples. The other disciples were in the upper room when Jesus first appeared. Like Thomas, we also missed the big moment. We weren't in the room where it happened. Then Jesus, in his all-knowing way, appears to the disciples again a week later and offers Thomas the chance to touch the wounds of the crucifixion. Without Thomas even asking, Jesus offers his body for Thomas and for Thomas's belief. And indeed, Thomas believes as soon as he encounters the body of his resurrected Lord. Note that this exchange means that the resurrected Christ still bore the wounds of crucifixion. The Son of God was able to rise from the dead, so certainly could have healed those wounds, but he didn't. He retained his wounds and came to the vulnerable disciples in his wounded form. 
Jesus shows us that our wounded spirits and bodies are worthy of care and love. Jesus uses those holes in his hands and feet, the sore in his side as an opportunity to meet Thomas where he is. Then Jesus urges, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. I don't think that Jesus is comparing Thomas to the other disciples here. I don't think that this is a direct critique of Thomas. And we have to consider that this is all filtered through John, who has the goal of his readers believing. There are two things happening in this passage that seem to be in tension, but perhaps they're working together. Jesus, on the one hand, offers his body for Thomas to see and to touch and to believe. And on the other hand, he says, blessed are those who believe without seeing. Jesus' offer of his body and his statement seem almost contradictory. But here's what I notice. Jesus empathizes with Thomas's doubt, shock, and wonder. Jesus knows that for Thomas, the physical relationship for Jesus is important for his belief. Jesus knows that relationship is significant to faith. Faith, belief, trust, they all require relationship. Whether we hear this quote from Jesus directly or it's an addition from John, we hear, blessed are those who believe without seeing. That's us. I think this statement is much less about Thomas and much more about our experience of faith. I don't know about you, but I have not seen Jesus's literal human form. I have not felt those holes in his hand or in his side. I have not witnessed the resurrected Christ walking around the earth and appearing in locked rooms. I have not seen Jesus's miraculous human form. I have absolutely experienced Jesus, though. Jesus has appeared to me in many other ways. Thomas and Jesus had that physical proximity. And in Thomas's questioning, Jesus appeared to offer Thomas the opportunity to experience faith in relationship with the God-made flesh. In our wondering and our wrestling with faith, God also appears to us in relationships, in community. We experience our faith in community just like Thomas did. It's easy to look at this passage and arrive at a narrative of doubting Thomas, but I resist that. The doubting Thomas narrative makes faith a comparative enterprise. And I highly doubt that Jesus was intending for us to read these words thousands of years later and think of Thomas saying, ye of little faith. Thomas is not less than the other disciples for wanting to see what they saw. Thomas is human in a moment of questioning. We also question, and Jesus responds. It's true that we don't see Jesus in the way that Thomas did, and thus we are those believers who have not seen. 
But like Thomas, Jesus responds to our questions, doubts, and wondering. Like Thomas, our faith is strengthened through embodied relationship. Jesus appears to us differently. We may not see his resurrected body, but we encounter the body of Christ all the time. Our community of fellowship, worship, and service is an embodied encounter with Christ. When we gather in fellowship, when we have our donuts after service, we know the body of Christ is made present in our world through friendship and relationship. The noise of chatter and laughter, the touch in shaking hands or sharing a hug, shows us the power of God. Our faith is strengthened in our time together. When we gather in worship, we see the body of Christ here in bread. We gather in faith, in relationship, and we experience Christ together. Our embodied practice allows us to see God. Not only do we see the body, but we also taste and smell of the body and blood of Jesus. We experience the body of Jesus. We hear the glory of God in music and in prayers. When we gather in service, we experience the wounds of Jesus and the wounds of his body made flesh before us. We see the wounds of our friends and neighbors who are Christ right there with us. We see wounds caused by the world, and we see God's healing and resurrecting power at work. We encounter the risen Christ in different ways, but Jesus still gives us the opportunity to have our faith strengthened by embodied relationship. We are together as a body, our senses and experience of one another are critical to our faith. Faith is and will always be embodied and relational. The stories of life after resurrection make this clear to us. Mary Magdalene believes when she hears Jesus call her name. The disciples realize they are with Jesus on the road when they taste the bread that he breaks or they smell the fish that he's cooking for their brunch together. Thomas engages the sense of touch. And each of us gets to see Jesus in our many varied ways throughout our lives of faith. Jesus says, blessed are those who believe but have not yet seen. Blessed are those who have not seen the human flesh and bone of Jesus but have experienced Jesus in every way and in every sense through relationship and in community, through worship here at Christ's table, in sight and smell and hearing, in taste and touch, we can be assured that Jesus is with us. Amen.